<laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> it's time to process that shit. Friends, what's going on? Welcome to Processing the Process with Vanessa. Today is super exciting as we are debuting our new corner, Vibing and Thriving, a corner where I just kind of sit down with really awesome people who embody the phrase of vibing and thriving. So I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with the beautiful Nicole from Dope Kitchen. If you don't know who that is, all that information will be given to you at the end of the interview. So stick around. I promise it's worth it. But before I let you go, I just wanted to say this podcast is just a process itself. Um, It's getting to where it needs to be, but right now it might be a little crunchy. The audio might not be the greatest and my interview skills might not be the best, but I'm learning and we're taking a step by step and that's all we can ask for. You know what I'm saying? So um, without further ado, here's the interview and um, yeah, please enjoy. I am fucking stoked that I'm talking to you. Oh, thanks. Dude. I'm stoked to be talking to you, too. <laughs> it is. I, I've been talking about you for months to, like, my boyfriend, mainly my boyfriend. And he's just like, okay, yeah, yeah. She's on TikTok, just scrolling, whatever. She tells me about, like, meme videos all the time, like, whatever. Uh, and then it just, like, from then on, I'm like, it's just more and more. I'm like, she, the, she is swelling. People love her. So here we are. How does it feel? I just, I want to know because, you know, gaining such a following in in such a short amount of time, like that's, what does that feel like? It feels very strange. I won't lie about that. Um, Because it's not something that I was expecting at all. Um, I tell the story all the time about how this was just a happy little accident, or I like to say it's a sad little accident because I started Dope Kitchen when I was really depressed at the beginning of quarantine, when everything was really confusing and the world was going to end. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was so strange to get so much positive feedback from the internet because I was actually bracing myself for a lot of negativity. Um, but to feel so many positive vibes from strangers on the internet has just been totally life-changing for me. Um, and it has been so much fun to put work into this and start growing it and building a really supportive and fun community. And I just cannot wait to keep going and, uh, you know, attack all the fun projects that I'm going to be working on for Dope Kitchen in the (laughs) near future. Yes. I, first of all, also congratulations on your cookbook. Thank you. Thanks. So sick. How long (laughs) did it take to, you know, make it? Um, it was honestly a couple of months and I mean, everyone knows that I still have my real full-time job and Dope Kitchen isn't my full-time job yet. Uh So I was uh, just trying to find some time on nights and weekends when I'd have the energy to, you know, put a lot of thought and effort into it. So um, I spent probably between mid-January and the end, the middle of this week finishing it. So about a month and a half. Um, and I was retesting a lot of recipes, rewriting every single recipe to make sure everything sounded clear. Um and taking some new pictures if I needed to, and also calculating all of the nutrition information because that's something that I felt was important. But um, I know some people don't like to see that nutrition information. So I also released a a version without it. Um, So yeah, it was just very time consuming, but totally worth it. And I'm blown away by how excited people were to get their hands on it. Um, It was my first major project for Dope Kitchen, and it has definitely given me... um, 
you know, a reason to keep moving forward with the other projects that I'm working on. And hopefully eventually it'll help me have some financial independence to be able to do my own thing and pursue this full time and keep working on bigger, better projects. Dude, I, with all, with every inch of my being, I'm like, yes, (laughs) I hope you continue. Like, I hope this, I hope this escalates because, you know, prepping for this uh, episode, this is a, first of all, this is like the first episode that I'm actually featuring someone on. And, you know, I could have just been like, hey, we have like one of my friends pop in and talk about like their journey or whatever. I was like, let's just fucking send it first of all. And like balls to the wall and ask someone you really think is dope and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to do it. And um, I don't know if you read my most recent or one of my most recent posts when I launched my logo on my page, but that's essentially what happened is someone slid into my DMs. Her name is Nikki Holbrook. And she was like, Hey, I'm about to enter this freelance graphic design world. I really want a fun project to start with. So will you let me work for you? And she wanted to do it for free. And I was like, you're definitely not doing it for free. Like I'm gonna pay you (laughs) for it. Um, But it kind of lit a fire under my own ass to get my shit together because for so long I had been avoiding um, like turning Dope Kitchen into a real business or a real brand because I was just kind of scared. Um, And I just said, fuck it, let's do it. This girl wants to design my logo. I need a logo. I need some branding. So let's just fucking do it. And that's what gave me the momentum to finally finish working on my ebook to put some merch together, which will launch next week. Um, and I have so many other ideas that I really want to work on. Um, and I'm excited to see them all come to life in the next year. That's incredible. When you, <laughs> so when you tagged, when you tagged her in your, I saw in the story, you tagged her in your Instagram and like, I immediately went to her page and followed her Nice. Like, immediately. I just, cause I was like, you know what? I, similar to what's happening here where first, I mean, thank you for sitting down with me. Because, I mean, opportunities like this, why not? You know, like, just go fucking, okay, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And then go from there instead of kind of worrying about that outcome. Fuck, that's the mentality that, like, I think a lot of people admire about you. Because one of the reasons I have to sit down and I have to think about what I was going to, like, you know, I wanted to ask you key things for sure. Um, Cause I know you'd have great answers to them. And one of them was like, I'm pretty positive people really enjoy you because you're like super transparent about who you are and what you love. And I think people love that, especially on like TikTok and everything. It's cool to watch the interactions and the comments and like the people trying to like, you know, even with your polls and everything, how many, so how many like if you do a poll, like a random poll, if you were like, listen, red or blue, usually give or take, how many people really kind of answer back to you? Um, I honestly can't remember the last time I looked at poll analytics, but I mean, my stories consistently get like 15 to 20,000 views and uh, maybe half of those people are interacting with a poll. Um, And so many people are responding to my DMs all the time. And I am very, uh, I really want to answer all of my DMs and I try to answer as many as possible. I at least read every single one of them, um, whether I am able to respond or not. But um, it's just crazy how many people are interacting with me and engaging with me every single day. And I'm, 
like I consider everyone my internet friends. <laughs> they're not just my followers or my friends, even if I have <laughs> no idea who they look like or what they do or what's going on mm-hmm. in their life. Um, and it's funny because I've actually become friends with some of my followers, like the ones who have been around since day one, who have consistently messaged me all the time. Like we check in on each other and say <laughs> hello and they send me pictures of their kids and it's really cute. Um, but it's just such a cool, fun and supportive community. And I just cannot believe that people are so excited every time I post something new. Um, and it just gets me excited about what the future holds. Um, kind of going back to the girl I worked with for my logo. Um, I feel like quarantine in general and every like shit storm that happened in 2020 kind of forced us all to realize that if we're not happy doing something, then we need to find a new path um, because life is so fucking short um, and we shouldn't waste our time doing something that makes us unhappy. So whether you're in a job that makes you unhappy or a situation that makes you unhappy, then like figure out a plan to go after something that you actually love. And I, I've talked about this so many times in my life to my friends. Like if I'm in a job that I don't like, I'll let myself feel the shitty feelings for a little while, but then I figure it out. I figure out what the fuck I want to do with my life. And then I start looking for jobs that might actually help me get to that point. Mm. Um, and now I'm at the point where working for someone else doesn't really feel fun anymore. Um, so mm. I want to work for myself. So I'm figuring it out and I'm trying to devise a plan to do that. Um, And the same with the girl who designed my logo, like she wasn't happy working for a corporation anymore. And, you know, you just have to take a chance on yourself and reach out to people and figure out what opportunity might stick. And then you, you never know what's going to land on your lap and, um, and give you an opportunity to launch something new. And I think that's fucking exciting. Yeah, dude. It's funny because here's a consistency that I've kind of ran into within the last year of you know fucking living through an absolute like jenga game of just whatever like it's this mentality that has been birthed and i've heard it from several like a couple like of my internal like maybe two or three of internal people that i know in my circle a couple drizzled out there but i know it's mentality that's growing and it's the idea that it's just like hey I mean, if I'm going to be working hard for something, if I gonna, if I want to put my balls to the wall, I want to do something that brings me that joy to do by myself. I don't have to work for anybody and it's sufficient for my life. And I had my passions driven it like that's, that's what makes a difference. <laughs> I think you also kind of radiate that too. Um, because uh, uh, me including, because I remember going on TikTok and seeing you and I think a couple other people just kind of just vibing out doing what they like you know being themselves and then that's basically it and it just kept swelling you know and I'm like there's here's it's now it's contagious and I like seeing that I think that's really cool that kind of synergy you have with your your friends (laughs) (laughs) and I think the internet too has just provided such a cool space to be yourself and turn being yourself into a passion project or a business. And through TikTok, especially, I've seen so many people grow a following like overnight and use that following to launch a new career. Like so many of my 
food creator friends um, have done this. And I've, it's so fun to like grow up with the same people who started around the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all uh, have different degrees of success, of course, or different degrees of creativity or projects that we're working on. But um, I feel like so proud of every single one of them for doing their thing and figuring out how to turn this newfound following into a business. And I think it's so dope and it's so inspirational to see people creating and um, seeing the evolution of their content. Like if you watch some of my very first videos, it's kind of messy. And I mean, the whole point of my page is to be a little messy because I'm one of those relatable home cooks who just wants to get high and have fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> but even looking at so many other food creators, like the their very first videos are nothing like how awesome they look now. And it's just so awesome to see how people have put so much time, effort, and passion into creating content and turning it into a legitimate business for themselves. Yeah, it kind of, it levels the playing field in my perspective for everybody. It gives everyone this kind of equal opportunity to like, you know, if you want to do what you like to do and show everybody else what you like to do because you like to do it, you may, you may get kind of popular. And you're like, maybe, maybe it'd be kind of cool to go viral, but I'm doing it more because I like to do it and I, I enjoy doing it and bada bing, bada boom, here we are. (laughs) And that's the beauty of TikTok versus Instagram. Like Instagram is great for some things, but I never would have grown as quickly as I did on Instagram Mm -hmm. without TikTok. Um, Like TikTok allows people who are good at making content to be seen by people who never would have otherwise saw them. Um, So if I had tried to do this whole high cooking thing and only posted it on Instagram and TikTok never existed, I probably wouldn't have those same opportunities because it would only be people who follow me who maybe share it with people that they follow. And then my growth would be very slow, just like most other Instagram influencers who started way back before TikTok even existed. But um, TikTok just allows people who are good at making content to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really cool fucking app. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I mean, I, I took me a long time to kind of get into it. I guess like I, I've initially like I kind of because it was musically right or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My sister, she's she's older than I am. And she was into it. And she was like making videos of lip syncing songs. I'm like, huh? All right. It's weird. <laughs> And then when it get changed to TikTok, I was like, uh, is it still like that same cringy? Yeah. So, and, but it definitely is. It's just, it is, it's a powerful platform for sure. For sure. Definitely. Um, well, shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess now we want to, we kind of want to go really rail back a little bit to like Dope Kitchen. Um, and like kind of, I kind of want to know this birth, this love child of your depression and, and food together, like in mishmash, like where did this, like, what made you just like, Oh, I'm just going to post these videos here. <laughs> um, well, I think it was the second week of April or the end of the first week of April. So we were about three or four weeks deep into mm-hmm. lockdown. I live in a small studio apartment in sunny Santa Monica, which is wonderful, but 
Um, when everyone was following the rules at the very beginning of quarantine, I did not leave my apartment for days on end and it just sucked. It sucked. Um, and I don't have a partner. I'm not in a relationship. I have some really close friends who were actually all living together. So I almost felt this FOMO because, um, they were all able to hang out with each other every day and have fun. And I'm just alone in the studio apartment by myself. Um, so the depression just really smacked me in the face. I was on the phone with my mom like every day, just so I had someone to talk to. And I love my mom. She always makes me feel better. Um, but I just needed a reason to get out of bed every day. And FaceTiming with friends or family was just not doing it for me anymore. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to bake a pie, something that my grandma used to make all the time. So something that reminds me of home and will make me feel better. Um, I'm going to get high just like I do every other night in quarantine because there's nothing else for me to do. Um, and I'm just going to film it. And I posted it to my Instagram stories, um, on my personal Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of my friends were like, this is so funny. You should think about posting it on TikTok." And I was like, I don't want to be on that app. It's just a bunch of 13 year olds. Like, yeah it's not for me. And plus I was definitely scared of all of the negative comments that I would get. Um, but after a few hours, I was like, fuck it. Let me just edit this video for TikTok and I'll post it there. So I did. And then like six hours later, I opened the app again. And I remember opening the app while I was on like a work call. Cause I was on mute and I was kind of bored <laughs> listening to people talk. So I was like, let me just see what's going on on TikTok. Um, so I opened TikTok and I had like 18,000 views, which is nothing. Um, but it was something. It was yeah. a reason for me to, to start. And people were like, oh my God, please make this into a series. So I just got really excited. And for the next couple of days, I filmed a few more. Um, my 29th birthday was like three days after I posted that first video. So I, uh, I made a carrot cake video that day. And that's mm -hmm. the day that Dope Kitchen became the name of the series. I, I remember texting yeah. my best friend, David, and I was like, hey, can, can you help me come up with a better name than Nicole Bakes Baked? Like that was kind of <laughs> lame. Yeah. So he sent me this list. I read some of them off on camera. And as soon as Dope Kitchen came out of my mouth, I knew that was the one. And it was just such an exciting little moment. Um, but I didn't really start to consistently create content until June. Um, I had made maybe two or three more videos in May, but they weren't anything that I was super excited about. But one of my zucchini videos went viral sort of in, uh, in the beginning of June. And that's when I decided like, okay, I think I should put some real effort into this and try to make a few videos a week and try to grow my platform a little bit more. I started my Instagram in the middle of June um, and started to try to get my TikTok followers over to Instagram. And then it just kept slowly growing from there. But yeah, it, there have been times when I have also been like, pretty depressed throughout the year, especially when seasonal depression hits. And it has honestly made me want to give up um, on Dope Kitchen sometimes because, I mean, if I'm already in a depressed state because the sun sets at 3.30, then uh, a, one single negative comment out of a thousand positive comments is going to affect me more than it would if the sun was shining and it was a beautiful day outside, you know? So, um, so there have been times that I've wanted to give up, but 
seeing the response to a lot of the things that I post, especially the more like sentimental or vulnerable emotional movements. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps me realize that I'm not just creating content for people to laugh and have a good time watching. I'm creating content for people to learn to develop a better relationship with food. Um, I'm creating content to inspire people to love themselves a little bit more. And I'm creating content that makes people feel like it's okay to have a bad day every now and then. And it's okay to feel all of your feelings because we all feel that way and you're not alone. And I never want anyone to feel isolated when watching my content. I want it to be a really welcoming space for people. And I'm just so proud of the fact that I've been able to create such a positive and accepting community on the internet. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. Dude, it's, it's bananas. It's awesome (laughs) though. It's, it's cool to see because like hearing you talk about this and how you feel about just accidentally creating something so beautiful, like that, like it's relatable to me, especially with this podcast here. Like I can feel that on a level where it's just like, you know, this is all I want. I want to be transparent. I I want to do what I love to do. I want to create a safe space and I want to enjoy doing it because it's not only great for me, but it could be great for somebody else. And whether that be one person or 15,000 people, like Fuck, it's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. So cool. it's and so I've funny. cried so many times reading my DMs from people oh because people will tell me like they'll open up and just talk about their own histories with food or eating yeah. disorders and how much just watching a single video of mine helps them shift their mindset a little bit. And hearing those stories makes me super emotional. And I remember one day I was having a particularly bad day Um, and I was in the gym and I was just not having a great workout. My best friend, David was there and I, um, just opened my Instagram DMS in the middle of my workout and saw this message from this girl who was like, Hey, because of you, I took my very first Olympic lifting class and I had so much fun and it's, I just know it's going to change my life. And I cannot wait to go back to the gym tomorrow to keep learning. And it just made me break down because, I just want women and men to understand like how strong they are mentally and physically and how much potential they have to develop these amazing, strong bodies, no matter what you look like or where you come from. Um, And it just, you know, it, it, it totally made me super emotional because I know that just by sharing my own story and my own interest and love for strength sports inspired someone else to take one simple step to start changing their own lives. And that was just incredible for me. Yeah. I, that's amazing. (laughs) That's why, that's why you do it. You know, like that, that's it for me. I, I just, I mean, she, because I think the, another reason why, like I personally followed you was because, I mean, in a slew of, you know, skinny TikTok, you know, and, and dieting teas that make you shit your brains, you know, like I, between all of those things and that, like that mentality where it's like, this is what I eat every day. And it's like a bagel, Skittles, <laughs> soda. And you're just like, oh, but you, you look, how, 
anyway, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of like, we finally get to your side and you're, we're just kind of able to kind of drop our loads a little bit. We're like, Oh, she's eating, she's making food. She's preparing nutritious meals for herself to feel good, not to look good, but to feel good and strong. And I think that's the difference that a lot of people are like just attracted to you because it's, sure. it's the, that is, that's the way to live. Yeah. Yeah. I remember around uh, the time I started on TikTok, I'm sure you remember like skinny legend being something that so many people talked about all the time. And I just fucking hated that phrase Um, because I don't think people should be constantly trying to work to be the skinniest version of themselves. They should work to be the strongest version of themselves. And if you're naturally a skinny person, but you're still like taking care of your body and being strong, then fuck yeah, like a more powered who you, but like you can be a strong bad bitch and achieve good health no matter what your starting point is and what you look like. Um, So I just wanted to like, I was very strategic with my content. Um, Like, even though I'm obviously like getting high and having fun in the kitchen, like I like to show my finished plate at the end of my video, because I also know that a lot of food content creators will create something and they'll make something, but they won't necessarily eat it or eat it all um, because they're just making cool recipes for the sake of content. Um, I didn't want to be one of those people. I wanted to show people what I actually eat and what I have fun making every day. Um, and I started to do these, what I eat in a day videos or a day in the life videos. Yep. Um, and I post those once in a while, they're a little harder for me to create because sometimes it's literally just eggs, smoothie, like the same things that I usually eat. And I don't want to post the same exact content every time I make one of these videos, but, um, but showing my full meals and the amount of food that I eat. Um, I just want people to know that in order to achieve like the level of fitness and strength that I have and the good relationship with food that I have, it takes a lot of food and you can, you can eat a lot of food and still be like fit and strong. Um, I'm not just eating like an apple for breakfast and like a few slices of Turkey for lunch and maybe some protein and rice for dinner. Like I'm having full fucking meals four times a day. Um, and it's a lot of like veggie forward meals too. Like a lot of dietitians on, uh, on TikTok often say eat more if you want to lose weight and they show these plates with a lot of vegetables and that's exactly right like if you can fill your plate with a lot of like no low calorie nutrient dense foods and it really fills you up because of how much fiber and how much volume is in a plate of vegetables Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't make you feel as bad as like you know eating a ton of bread um and you won't get as hungry faster, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's really great to see how many people on TikTok are actually showing what a realistic day of eating looks like in order to achieve like good health and how many dietitians, um, are getting on TikTok to try to spread that message as well. And, uh, to try to, um, you know, break the, break, uh, the stigma of what it means to be like a healthy person. So, um, so yeah, TikTok is doing great things for, for health and food in general. Yeah. yeah. My, so um, I currently, I live with a roommate. Um, she's currently getting her master's degree uh, in nutrition and dietetics. And, um, you know, we, we constantly talk about this 
like every time we're on TikTok, like whether, you know, it, it's supposed to be catered for you, like for your page, like just to your needs, whatever. Um, but every now and then, like we get just a, a video of this girl like, doing like a what I eat in a day or doing something where it's like, you know, all these like drink this or juice this or drink only water and like two Cheetos and you'll drop 10 pounds kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like they made, they would make it sound so good and the girl would look so nice and like the content would be so pretty, like it very nice to look at. So it's like, you kind of get you wondering. And after a while, like my, my for you page used to be just what I eat in a day, what I eat in a day, all of them. But the one thing that was missing from a lot of them, not it, not yours, because yours was like true. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was like, it was missing this girth. Like food's not supposed to be paper. We're supposed to be eating like some kind of like, mm. so it's everywhere. She, she always, she's basically, she's fed up with it. And she's like, I don't think people understand because they're also getting like false nutrition information from people who aren't even nutritionists. Right. You know, like just because eating gum <laughs> and lime water on Tuesdays doesn't mean that you're going to drop 20 pounds within 10 days. It just right. doesn't work. Right. I'm actually studying um, to get a certification in nutrition from a company called Precision Nutrition, which is very well respected in, in the industry. And um, it's not an RD, like I would not be able to diagnose or treat people, but I can help coach people on developing a better relationship with food. And I mean, one thing I want to, one reason why I want to do this is because of the amount of misinformation that is on the internet um, and how many people are uh, spreading these fucking diet teas, which is literally just a fancy laxative. Like I, I can't stand seeing that kind of information, especially on a platform like TikTok, where there are so many young impressionable people. Um, I, I just, I really genuinely want to help people develop better relationships with food. And there's, there are a lot of even websites that are very popular. Mm -hmm. Cough, my fitness pal, cough, um, mm -hmm. that I, absolutely hate because, um, although I use it sometimes, um, since I'm a, a food creator, I am working on building my library of recipes that I can eventually upload to my website. And I know a lot of food blogs have nutrition info on their recipes. So that's the only reason I use my fitness palace to make sure I'm calculating the correct, mm -hmm. uh, nutrition info, but on their blog, and I've subscribed to their emails before, I used to hate seeing emails that said like, here's what a day of eating looks like on 1200 calories. And it would just make me sick because I just can't stand that this huge website is promoting eating only 1200 calories a day with no information about who should be eating 1200 calories a day. Like my minimum caloric intake right now for me to maintain my weight is around 2,200 to 2,400 calories. That's a, over a thousand calories more than what my fitness pal tells some people to eat, you know? And I, I feel like we need to normalize women eating over 1,800, 2,000 calories as long as they're eating the right foods because it just makes me so sad that there are people who are 
maybe, you know, taller or bigger women who think that eating 1200 calories a day is going to help them lose weight, but really their resting metabolic metabolic rate requires them to eat way more than 1200 calories in order to safely lose weight. And if you're doing any sort of activity on top of just rest, then you need even more calories than that. Um, so yeah, I, I just cannot stand the like health and food industry sometimes because of the amount of misinformation that is out there that causes people to think that a diet with just vegetables and no carbs and no dietary fat and eating less than 1200 calories a day is going to help them achieve this skinny body that they want because it's really just going to end up destroying your health and destroying your metabolism. And that makes me so sad. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a child, my mom, was always into like the next big diet. So like growing up, it was always, you know, I saw my mom not really like her body, not really, you know, respect it, understand it. Um, you know, she was also too busy helping other people. So she didn't have time to want to. Um, so, you know, I grew up thinking that way as well, where I had to find something, I had to restrict myself. I had to, you know, like, fucking eat this gross ass boiled chicken and broccoli all day every day and I it was terrible it was terrible but it made it made me feel like I also had to like I couldn't live like correctly like I was telling myself no and my body was like no I really want a sandwich like (laughs) I was saying no to it when we shouldn't really be doing that and that's what a lot of them kind of teach especially like the ones where it's like you're hardly really eating enough to, to just for a rest day or a day where you're not even resting. Like, come on, dude. Just think about how much time we're wasting thinking okay. about food constantly. And when you're so hungry because you're restricting too much, then your brain is just constantly thinking about food. But if you're fighting that, yeah. then, I mean, you're fighting your body for, give like you're not giving your body the strength that, it needs and desires, um, by restricting your food. Um, and we waste so much time just thinking about, Oh, I'm not allowed to eat this, or I'm going to overanalyze this dish because it has X amount of calories and that's just too many. So, um, just having that liberation from food restriction opens up your brain for so much energy to be spent elsewhere, to be spent on building better relationships on doing something fun, on doing something active or thinking about the next big problem you want to solve that might be like a really creative, fun project for you, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I just really want to get into nutrition coaching so that I can help people kind of liberate themselves from, from that way of thinking or that way of overanalyzing food too much, because it's just, it's sad. And I've been there. I've been in that place where I've overanalyzed everything that I ate. Um, and I just feel so much more free and liberated now that I just have a much better relationship with food and I don't have to, you know, constantly measure every single macronutrient or constantly think about what's good and what's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's free <laughs> when you figure it yeah. out. You figure out that little cheat code where you're just like, I don't really have to worry about these things. I don't have to overanalyze these things. I just have to go with what's, what just sounds good, put it together, like, and, and, and it, it be good for you, like for your body and, and taste good going down and fun to make. I, it makes, it almost romanticizes for me, 
my relationship with food. Like it makes me feel a little bit like, and I'm sure that, you know, your friends online can like agree. It's like now we're, we're taking that time for ourselves to make that food that looks delicious, tastes delicious too, and it's good for you. And it'll make you feel good. It's not going to make you feel like a lump. Right. Yeah. I've done a couple of your, your recipes for sure. And like, I feel nothing but good. Yeah. And they're all, they're all healthy, like good for you recipes and they don't taste bland. Um, I, I feel so sad when people are like, oh, eating healthy is just boring chicken and rice and broccoli. And I'm like, no, it's not. You can, you can get super creative with healthy dishes. Um, and it's going to be, you know, you can make really fun food that has a good balance of macronutrients in there. That'll give you the energy and the strength that you need to carry on with your day. It doesn't have to be boring. And that's just what I try to show people through my content. And I'm just really happy that it's caught on and it has helped inspire people to, um, to get creative in the kitchen on their own and to, you know, stop overanalyzing every little thing that they put into their body. Um, and I hope I'm able to continue to do that for many years to come. Well, I have to tell you, you have done that for me for sure. For sure. You have definitely impacted my relationship with how I eat and how I view food and how I view my body, you know, like a whole nine yards of it. Um, it, it, I mean, accompanied with a lot of other things as well, but it definitely, if I can look back to that point where I started kind of like, all right, now let's walk it. Like I talk it, let's like fucking if I want to feel better, if I want to view at myself a little better, if I want to romanticize the relationship I have with myself and take care of myself the way I want to and the way I deserve, then I have to start doing those things. I have to start and then be happy doing those things and then see what happens. And bada bing, here we are. Like I, <laughs> I will take that extra 15. <laughs> I that shit up. <laughs> Do not play. <laughs> and the thing is, it's also like developing that kind of mindset is not something that happens overnight too. Nope. I feel like we live in this generation where everyone just wants instant gratification. Like you see it with dating apps. You see it with everything. Like Amazon Prime will show up at your door five minutes after you hit checkout on your cart. Um, like we we crave this instant satisfaction but that doesn't happen when it comes to building a better mindset or building a better relationship with food or even changing your body. Like I've been a weightlifter or I've participated in strength sports for the last five and a half years. And the progress that I've seen is very slow, but it's like, it took me five and a half years to get to the point where I am today. Um, like I was a hot mess who didn't know how to move a barbell five and a half years ago, but you have to be consistent and dedicated and disciplined and you have to fucking want it in order to like, keep showing up every day and keep doing something that's good for your body, but also like learn to back off when you need to. I used to be one of those people who was just like super obsessed with macros and fitness I would work out twice a day sometimes and I finally had some people come up to me and say like what are you doing like go home you don't have to be at the gym twice in a day like make sure you're eating make sure you're sleeping because sleep and recovery and having a good mindset 
are all things that will affect your training. Um, training is just a small piece of the overall puzzle of like being in good health. You have to sleep well, you have to eat well, um, and you have to have a good mindset and know when to take a break and know when to recover. And now I probably am exercising or lifting like four days a week versus the five to six that I used to do years ago. And I feel so much stronger because I'm actually focusing on my recovery now. Um, people fear rest days because they think that they're going to lose all of their strength or they think they're going to, you know, gain a few pounds if they're not moving their body on one day, but you're causing yourself, you know, more damage if you're constantly pushing yourself and you're going to wear yourself out. So, um, I don't even know where I was going with this, to be (laughs) honest. (laughs) I'm not even high. I swear. I'm just tired. (laughs) It's been a long week. Okay. Um, so another reason why I obviously like stumbled upon you and then literally fell in love with everything about you. I was like, girl, she loves pot. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) Pot brings people together. (laughs) Like no one's business. Um, sidebar. I went to Oregon over the summer. Um, my best friend's family lives over there and, and it was, there was a wedding and it was very Oregon. Um, but I just, the fact that the whole, uh, like wedding party, the whole, anybody who was basically just at the wedding high as fuck the whole time. <laughs> and it was the coolest thing. Cause I was like, I would find myself talking to this like older dude or an older woman about like what they've been through and like their lessons that they learned, uh, you know, like looking back, on their lives. And I'm like, bitch, like this is gold mine information. A lot of it had to do with what we were just talking about, you know, like putting you first, taking care of you, doing what feels right, doing what feels good. Um, that, that is the key. Cause I've heard that several times from especially older people who are, who are, who are there and they were like, man, if I can go back, I would just say, fuck it and just do what I wanted to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's right. so I think um especially with you know dope kitchen and and like my own personal journey um weed has been very very good to me you know um I don't know what like everyone I always talk to people and they're like hey I have a different reason as to why I I indulge but um I would love to know yours if you sure yeah um I guess the very first time I smoked pot was when I was 18 and it was my senior prom. So my friend, Matt, if you are listening, hello, (laughs) it was at his house on his deck and he gave me my first joint and here I am. Now I smoke weed on the internet. Thanks, Matt. Um, So anywho, uh, I didn't really smoke a lot of pot when I was younger. It was just like the one time at senior prom and maybe like a handful of times that summer before I went to college. And then even in college, like I, I definitely participated in illegal activities because, you know, I was drinking when I was not 21 yet, but for some reason I was always so afraid of pot because I was afraid of getting caught with it because I thought that the repercussions would be so much worse for getting caught with an illegal substance rather than getting caught with a substance that is legal, but I wasn't of legal age. So um, I really didn't 
smoke a lot of pot when I was younger and in college, like maybe a couple times a year, only if it was available. And I almost never purchased it from anyone. I just smoked it if it was available to me at like a party. Um, But when I moved to Los Angeles in 2014, um, for those first few years that I was in LA, it was only medically available. And I honestly was just too lazy to get a medical card. So um, every once in a while, if a friend was going to pick up some, uh, some weed because they had a medical card, then I would like put in an order with them and they would get me an eighth and that eighth would last me a while. Like I would try not to smoke it all the time. Um, so for me, like when I first started, it was just for fun and just once in a great while. Um, but when it became legal recreationally, I started using it for, a lot of reasons. Um, like the main reason, of course, at first was still to just have fun. I didn't really care to drink anymore. And in fact, I don't drink at all now um, because I hate alcohol and I hate the way I feel when I'm on alcohol, when I'm drinking alcohol. Um, but uh, so weed was just like my version of alcohol. Um, and eventually as I started using it even more, I realized that I felt really calm and I would get a really good night's sleep or, um, especially when I was training a lot, I needed to be hungry and I needed to eat a lot more food. So, um, weed helped kind of boost my appetite a little bit so that I could eat more. Um, and now, uh, I'm actually not smoking or or taking edibles as much as I used to, like even at the start of Dope Kitchen. Um, when I started Dope, Dope Kitchen, I was probably smoking or taking edibles every single night. And now it's maybe like three nights out of the week. Um, and that's partly because I'm microdosing mushrooms <laughs> a yeah, couple times yeah. a week. Um, and uh, that's also partly because sometimes when I have too much THC in my system consistently, like every single night, then I just feel really lethargic and lazy and I don't really get shit done. And right now I'm just in the zone of wanting to get shit done, especially for this business so that I can um, eventually take off from my full-time job and be able to like do more dope shit with Dope Kitchen. Yeah. Um, so really right now it's more for just like recovery Um, whenever I know I need a good night of sleep, uh, I'll smoke like right after work and I'll pass out by eight or eight 30 PM or I'll smoke or take an edible if I'm filming something. And that's just kind of part of my fun time for the week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a really fun plant medicine. Um, (laughs) and it, it brings so much joy to my life. Um, I even feel like even back when it was illegal and I was like illegally partaking in it when I was in college in Pittsburgh, I felt like weed brought people together more so than alcohol. Like alcohol brings out an aggression in people sometimes. Um, and I know for me, like I would turn into a person that I didn't really like when I had too much alcohol. Um, but when you're just smoking weed in a circle with a bunch of friends, like everyone's so chill and it's a little more loving and accepting and it kind of relaxes you in a way that alcohol doesn't. Um, people always say that alcohol is like a social lubricant and it helps you like talk to other people, which is totally true, but it kind of forced me to make a fool of myself in front of other people. Whereas when I'm smoking weed, like sometimes there's a little bit of that, like paranoid social anxiety for me, but most of the times I'm like, 
oh, everyone here thinks that every little thing is funny. So I can say like one word and the whole room will start cracking up and we'll just bond over some shared stupid laughter. Um, I just, I just feel like it's a much better like mood setter than any other substance. A thousand percent. If it pay, it sets the pace for, from like clear communication too. I've noticed. Yeah. Even just with talking to either strangers or even friends, it doesn't really matter who it's, I'm able to, if we're just talking about, you know, like the deep mechanisms of life or like the, what I had for lunch today, you know, like, and why I liked it, like, (laughs) it doesn't matter, but I feel for, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, you're able to kind of talk about it and get it out. Good. For sure. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. Someone was like, yeah, man, I agree with you. And you're like, oh shit. Like, nice. Everyone's hanging out. Everyone's having a good time. I'm having a good time. No one's going to (laughs) yell. Like that's one of the reasons why I really love it is that I, I have, (laughs) I have immense anxiety, immense. It build up over years. I didn't even know that I had until the last year, just completely. And for me, it just, it slows the campfire in my brain from people running around it naked to sitting down together with blankets and banjos. Like <laughs> that's what I feel like what it does to my brain because it does to everybody else in a physical manner, like in a physical form. Um, <laughs> I noticed before you did say you're microdosing. Um, I heard that um, on your Instagram stories, I believe. And um, when you gave shout outs to certain like pages to follow, I was like, follow like I followed <laughs> all of them shits because this is a topic that I am super into and I love you know hearing about people and their experiences with it and how it's helped them and like I just give it to me <laughs> <laughs> well first just to go back to weed for a second yeah um so I took a tolerance break at the beginning of January and it has it had been a while since I had taken a legitimate tolerance break. Um, and I, I feel that people need to realize that if you're going to be a cannabis user, especially with THC, like CBD is totally different because it doesn't have those psychoactive effects, but with THC, you kind of need to realize that there's a responsibility that you have as a THC user to make sure you're still taking care of your body and your mental health, because although THC provides so many wonderful benefits for like relaxation, recovery, hunger, if you need to have an increased appetite, you know, or it just like helps you relax and have fun, whatever, but it can cloud your brain sometimes. And I don't know the science behind it, but I know for me, with my experience, I just felt really lethargic. I felt like I had such bad brain fog from consistent cannabis use. Um, like I was taking up to 20 milligrams or more of edibles at a time. And it wasn't really hitting me the way that even a small dose of five milligrams used to hit me when I was, uh, like not using THC as much. Um, and I finally had to admit to myself, like, I need to take a little break from this because I'm not feeling good. I don't feel productive. I don't feel happy. It's no longer providing the effects that I want it to provide. So I need to kind of just like take a break, quit THC cold Turkey and just like go a couple of weeks without using any substances. And when I did that, 
Um, that's kind of when I started my microdosing journey. So I didn't want to use any THC, but I really wanted to take better charge of my mental health. Um, and mushrooms, like higher doses of mushrooms have always been really fun for me. Not just, not just fun, but, um, like sometimes at the end of a trip, I end up just sobbing and thinking about some of the most beautiful things happening in my life. Um, and it just feels so emotionally beautiful to go through that experience. So I started doing a shit ton of research on microdosing. I read a whole ass book. I started following a bunch of pages that talked about the wonderful effects of psychedelics and psilocybin. Um, and I started reading about microdosing protocols. So right now I'm doing, um, I'm just going to do it for a month. It's once every three days, um, you take a small dose of psilocybin and I made these little penis shaped chocolates and yes. I put my dose in them. <laughs> um, and it's wonderful. It's a fun little treat every few days. Um, but, uh, it's, it gives me so much mental energy. Like I feel more productive and focused and creative and energized. I feel like I'm a little more in tune with my emotions. Sometimes, uh, I must admit that I've accidentally taken a little bit too much. So like a microdose should be about one tenth of a recreational dose. Um, and a recreational dose can be different for everyone. Like someone can be on Mars on just a gram of mushrooms, especially if they're maybe a smaller person or have very little experience with mushrooms. And then some people can like have a really good time with three grams and one tenth of that dose is 0.3 grams for them. So I was taking maybe a quarter of a gram. Um, and depending on which mushroom product I use, because I, I have a few different sources, um, it can affect me a little differently. So yesterday I didn't have a super great day with microdosing because I think I took a little bit too much and, uh, I felt a little, uh, a little bit of a stomach ache and I was very fixated on the colors on my phone. So I was like, ah, maybe I should dial it back next time. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it really does help me get more in touch with my feelings. Um, and it helps me feel more productive. And the first time I, uh, started microdosing in January, I remember the day before I decided, okay, I'm finally going to do this. I'm going to start microdosing today. I was just in bed all day, depressed. I couldn't move. I had no motivation to do anything. So the next day when I woke up, I microdosed. I cleaned my whole fucking apartment. I went for a walk. I sat on the beach and read a book. I just, I just felt good. I felt focused and energized. And um, it, it definitely really helped me. And the combination of um, starting a microdosing journey plus reeling it back with THC really helped me clear my mind um, and learn to focus on the things that were more important to me at that moment, which was building a better relationship with myself after going through um, some kind of dark times in the last couple of months with seasonal depression and other things happening in my life. Um, it just gave me the energy to actually start focusing on the projects that I wanted to work on with Dope Kitchen. Um, like some really beautiful things can happen through microdosing, but um, I also have the responsibility of saying that it's not for everyone. Um, and you have to be honest with yourself. Um, 
if you're the kind of person who falls into the bucket of like, do not ever do psychedelics. And that's usually people who are, um, who are on SSRIs, um, or people who have a history of uh, certain mental disorders. Um, I always tell people like, yeah, my, my experience, I'm happy to share it, but you have to do your own research and know if it's right for you or not. And there's a lot of sources now on the internet um, that you can use to read and research and understand if it's right for you. And if it is right for you, then it might be an incredibly beautiful experience. Um, and if it's not right for you, then stay away. Yeah. Yeah. No, correct. A hundred. I, I, yes, I believe in that wholeheartedly especially with mushrooms, because like, I mean, I listen to a lot of different, you know, I've, I've heard different stories and everything. And some people oh, I had a terrible trip, man. It was terrible. And I was like, yeah, but maybe are you, should you be doing this? Mm-hmm. You also no. have to pay attention to your mindset yeah. and the setting that you're in. Like if, if I'm going to do a larger dose of mushrooms, I want to be wrapped in a blanket. Yeah. Sometimes I want to be outside in a place that's nice and quiet. So like, it's, it's very common for people to go to Joshua tree, California, like who are from LA and want to do a fun shroom trip because it's just so beautiful there. And it's really quiet. Like you can have a really great connection with nature when you're on a shroom trip out there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you really have to pay attention to who you're around. Um, do it with people you trust. Don't do it alone. Um, trip sitters are common things, which is someone who, uh, who might be sober or un, unmedicated at the time, just yeah. kind of being with you to, to keep you grounded if things do go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I kind of wish I knew all of this stuff the very first time I tried shrooms years ago. Um, and I'm very lucky that I had a really fun, positive experience the first time I did it, but, um, I only really started doing it again, maybe six months ago, um, because I have a friend who I really trusted to guide me through the experience and it was just really fun. And I did a lot of it while I was out in nature and it was just so perfect and so much fun. But again, people definitely need to do their own research and understand how to approach a trip or how to approach microdosing and if it's right for you or not. Right. Right. And going back to like your perspective on, on marijuana and, and how your relationship kind of evolved with it. Um, I, you, you have a really, you have a really good point. Uh, and I always, I, I believe, I, I believe that to be true as well, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a happy time. It's a good drug, I guess it's a good herb, but it's like, you kind of have to understand yourself enough because you listen to yourself. You're like, this is the, this amount of THC is making me feel some sort of way where I don't feel at my my tip top, like I don't feel as productive or something and something's missing here. Um, I don't think a lot of people notice. I don't think a lot of people care to notice. They're kind of just, you know, for the vibe only. It's good. I, I think you voicing that, and I know you voice stuff around this topic and your perspective on your Instagram. It, it's good that you're saying stuff like these, because with, especially with TikTok, again, like we have lots of videos about people saying stuff about weed and hashtag stoner and lots of videos of mushrooms and people being on mushrooms and, you know, giving their two cents, but it's like, well, who's saying let's, let's, let's take it back now. Like that's exciting, but like, let's look at what's going on with you and make sure that you're ready for this. For sure. 
Yeah. yeah I, I feel like, um, I mean, we can connect this idea of listening to your body and knowing when to stop your THC use to food as well. And to your relationship with food. Like if, if you're putting things into your body that ultimately doesn't make you physically or even mentally feel good, then take a step back and say like, what do I need to change or what can I do to start making myself feel a little better? So if I'm feeding my body with just a bunch of pizza and fries and ice cream, which I love all of those things and I eat all of those things once in a while, but if I'm doing that every single day and it's making me feel sluggish and giving me brain fog or even giving me acne because that usually happens with increased dairy from ice cream and cheese, <laughs> um, then I need, to, I need to take a step back and look at my behaviors and figure out what I need to change and put a plan into motion to change that so that I can start to physically feel better. Um, but I mean, with, with weed, especially on TikTok, I, I do get annoyed sometimes that people, um, some people will comment on my videos. I remember one of my very first videos, I said that I was having a five milligram edible. And at the time, five milligrams was a perfect little dose for me so that I can feel some effects, but I wouldn't feel like I was part of the couch if I sat (laughs) on that, you know? Um, and I had people commenting on that video, like just making fun of me for my tolerance or saying, wow, five milligrams is nothing. How do you feel that? I do 500 in a night. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I, I will never ever do a 500 milligram edible in a single day because I don't want to feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. Um, like there's, it just feels like people are constantly trying to one up each other in terms of like how much they smoke or how big of an edible dosage they take. Yes. I'm like, great. If that works for you, go have fun with that. But that doesn't work for me. It doesn't make me feel good. So I'm not going to fucking do that. Like weed use is very personal. Some people hate THC. I have plenty of friends who are like, I have smoked a little bit and I don't like the feeling of it. So I don't really want to do it. I'm like, great, that's fine. Good for you. Do other things that make you happy. I'm glad you don't feel the pressure to do it just because so many other people are doing it. (laughs) Um, But just like knowing your own limits is so important for any type of THC or cannabis user. You know, you have to understand when to take a break. Um, and even when I've been recently talking about tolerance breaks, I've gotten a lot of comments on TikTok and Instagram from people saying, I'm really scared. Like I use this every day. I don't know what it's going to be like if I stop using. I'm like, you're going to embrace life sober <laughs> and yeah. and you're going to like figure shit out and probably do something that's a little healthier for you. Like not that THC is unhealthy for you, but too much of it can probably prevent you from, from achieving certain other things in your life. Like for me, it was making me feel lazy as fuck. And I wasn't putting any work into, uh, into the projects that I wanted to work on, but taking a break helped me get that mental reset. And I went into my tolerance break with a very healthy plan. Like I knew I was going to get up early every day and go for a walk or a bike ride so I can watch the sunrise. And Um, I getting up early every day also helped me get pretty sleepy earlier in the night so that I wasn't up all night, um, for sleeping in, or I wasn't relying on THC to help me get to sleep. Um, like you have to go into a tolerance break with a solid plan, 
just to like do other things that'll make you mentally or physically tired. So you're not so reliant on THC to help you sleep or even eat. Um, so yeah, it's, I definitely try to advocate for more responsible THC use because I don't want to be another one of those like weed influencers who's constantly smoking on my Instagram stories or constantly popping edibles. Like I've researched a lot of other weed influencers and it seems like every post I see, they're just ripping bong hits. Um, and I just don't want to do that. I, I just, I want to show people through my content that you can have a balance with having a really healthy and fun and happy life, but also being able to partake in these like medicinal, uh, plant medicines, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think it's, it's just super important to understand your limits and when you need to stop and when you should keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That goes with anything, anything and too much is not good. Never good. Yeah. Too much cauliflower as healthy as it is, it's going to give me the worst gas ever. I could clear a room. So like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) no, I feel you. Cause like, same. (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck my whole body did a wave when I found out that you were getting you know you know you were microdosing like because now I'm like all right for me as a you know a follower I'm like okay she marked off all these boxes that I already enjoy and watch her content and I like her content but now there's this other box that I have been toying with internally for like years that she's checking off and I'm sure a lot of your followers can agree where we're just like oh shit she's into that too and we leaned in closer (laughs) this podcast is just like you know my journey others journeys the lessons that we've learned and you know this last year 2020 um, even beginning like January 1st, I went to like my first therapy session. Who'd have thought that this that year was going <laughs> to be nuts? You know, like who'd have thought, but it worked out that way and everything's kosher. Growing in, and learning and understanding myself and understanding the, my relationship with food and understanding my relationship with weed and understanding how I communicate with other people, how I communicate with myself, like diving deeper into these things that we normally kind of brush over. Um, I've learned that now I'm starting to not be so scared of the, the ifs, you know, like before with smoking pot, like I would do it every so often and my boyfriend would, you know, right, you know, be smoking and I would hit it every so often, but I didn't really make it like a part of me, but not a part of me. Like I thought that I had to make it a personality trait if I did bring it into my circle and that's not it at all. And the same thing for like, like mushrooms and even thinking about like, I haven't done them yet, but girl, I want to, Uh, (laughs) even thinking about that, like for years, I mean, the idea of smoking weed or even trying mushrooms, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'd never, I hate being not in control of my body, which excuse me, it's not being in control. It's just being with your body. That's the difference here. If you're comfortable with being with your body, then you're going to have a fun ass time. But if, if, if you're not, it's like, you got to work on here first. And that's what I have been. So like when you were like, oh yeah, microdose, I was just like, shit. Like I was so excited. It's so <laughs> fucking awesome. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Sure. <laughs> uh, next. Uh, so my birthday is coming up in, in March, March 6th. And this was the year about, I think, yeah, this was the year. A couple weeks ago, I looked I looked at myself and I looked at my boyfriend, like I was standing in front of me and I was standing in front of him. And I was like, I want to try mushrooms or at least 
just get a like a smidge of what this is because I truly believe based on research of my own microdosing is wonderful for for a lot of people um, especially in you know proper moderation um, so I guess you know you got into this before about you know trips and what you know you would have what you wish you knew when you were you know um, what are some tips? Cause like, I'm asking for me too. I'm, I'm asking for me mainly if this is for someone else, I'm, they're going to be asking for it too, but we're all asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, first let me preface by saying I'm still learning and I'm not an expert in this space. So my, my tips are based on my own experience. I just okay. want to preference preface with that. Um, I mean, it's kind of what I said earlier, like making sure that you're in the right set and which means mindset um, and setting, which means just the place that you're in. You should feel comfortable wherever you are. Um, if I'm not outdoors, I like to be on a couch in my comfiest sweatpants with a blanket wrapped around me. Um, and I like the lights to be a down low because once it really starts to hit you, whether you're microdosing or on a on a bigger trip, um, I always find that light can be, I'm very sensitive to light. So I like it to be dark, um, but not too dark. Um, I have this really cool light projector uh, that I have in my apartment and that's always really fun to look at. But yeah, making sure that the setting is just some some place that you feel very comfortable. Um, if you're gonna do it with people, then um, make sure that it's people that you know. I I would never do shrooms with someone that I just met because I have no idea who they are and it could potentially trigger something in me that makes me freak out about them being in my presence and that could cause a bad trip. Um, so I would only do shrooms with people that I trust. And when it comes to microdosing specifically, always start small. Um, it, Cause if you take something that's like a quarter of a gram, which is usually my microdose amount, uh, you might, end up taking yourself on a little ride if you don't have any experience with <laughs> mushrooms at all, because I've kind of like built up a little bit of a tolerance to them. Um, so my microdose is maybe twice the dose of someone who is trying them for the first time. But if you're trying them for the first time, usually a 10th of a gram to uh, maybe a little bit more than that, um, maybe two tenths of a gram maximum, uh, would be the right dose. But again, it's, it's very individualized. Um, everyone is going to have a different experience. And if you have zero experience with mushrooms in general, then always, always start small. And I say that about edibles too. always start with maybe yes. two milligrams, then move up to five milligrams. Don't go straight for 10 or 15 or 20, because you might not like the feelings. And once you eat it, like it's in you for hours, but yeah, I, I mean, I always say when it comes to microdosing or mushrooms in general, just try to read and do research, watch documentaries, listen to podcasts about people who have done it. I think the more you provide yourself with information about what a trip or microdosing might feel like, then the more confident you might be going into that journey on your own. Understanding what it's like for other people will kind of like help set your expectations for what it might be like for yourself. So research right. and reading, super important. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. I, <laughs> so sick. It's one of my favorite things to recently to discuss and talk about. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories out there. I've been looking forward to this for 
like for weeks. This, this is so such a cool moment to just be sitting down with, you know, a person who, first of all, is living their truth, but also vibing and thriving. You know yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 This, this is like, this is the, the new thing of my uh, podcast is like, we're doing these feature episodes and they're bit and they're called vibing and thriving. And it's just people who embody this are people who are living this and who, who, you know, I like, you know, you're good to vibe with. And, you know, I like watching you thrive. Like, it's just, it's an all encompassing phrase um, that, you know, you embody. It's really cool. I think you're cool. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of covered a lot of topics here. Um, There was one thing I kind of wanted to circle back with um, your, you know, being transparent about your seasonal depression. Um, I remember like leading up to the one video, I think you dropped about, you know, going to your parents for the holidays and like a lot of things that can be triggered during that time. And then, you know, it went from like, we had this one persona of you and then you posted something super vulnerable. And I remember watching that and I was like, that's sick that she's able to do this. And there, and I'm able to relate to this so much that like, Now I can do this now internally to myself, like understand other people are going through this, doing it within myself and not feeling so alone. That's cool. Fuck yeah. I think, you know, when I created Dope Kitchen, it was really fun to like have a creative outlet and to show the really fun side of my personality. But as I just started to reveal a little bit more information about who I was as a person from like, you know, my athleticism and my strength and like the other interests that I have outside of just cooking and weed. Um, I, I just realized that I really enjoyed connecting on a deeper level with my followers, my internet friends. Um, and I often feel like people think that based on what I portray on the dope kitchen and Instagram and TikTok, people think that I have a really fun, like fabulous, perfect life. And I'm able to like do whatever the fuck I want and smoke as as much weed as I want. And it's not true. Like I want to show people the real side of me because I feel like that helps me build a better connection with my audience. Um, And I want people to know that like we all struggle. Like I'm not perfect at all. I have fucked up things happening in my life all the time but so do you so does everyone like we all go through shit and I like being able to share a little bit of that with my audience because it helps people feel a little less alone um I I mean I follow a lot of influencers either now or in the past who only portray what's great about their life and they only show their highlight reel. But I think the beauty of TikTok and it being a video platform, um, like I can't hide behind my emotions if I'm expected to like be on camera. Um, So if I'm not having a good day, but I want to make some content, then I'm going to talk about how I'm not having a good day because someone else is going to feel that and connect with that. But it kind of goes back to like, if I was just growing Dope Kitchen on Instagram and TikTok didn't exist, I probably wouldn't be able to make that kind of impact because it would just be pretty photos and a long caption about how I'm having a bad day. But being on camera and on video, I'm able to kind of like show that and talk about that in a different way that is so much more powerful than 
than any impact I could have made on any other social media platform. What was even more powerful about the, what the, I think it was, I think it was post, I think post parents, I guess, coming home. Um, and, uh, you showed a meal. You're like, this is not like my typical meal, but, uh, it is a meal that I need to eat. You know, I need to put some substance in my body. And it was just, it was a meal like any other, like it was something that I would put together, you know, if I wasn't really feeling myself, like it's still, it's still good to eat. Just eat it, feel, just eat something, you know, like just do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regardless of how you feel. Um, I remember seeing that and I was like, that kind of, it draws, it draws me closer to you as well. Like your followers now are like, okay. Like we're not just hearing like, oh yeah, I had a bad day. Voiceover of like these pretty little glimpses of your life. You're saying I had a bad day. Look at me eat this food. Look at me also. Like you can, I mean, I remember like watching your, you have the camera on you and you're eating. And I know it's just like a little snippet in a TikTok video, but I know that it was a little longer you had to sit there and, and eat and, and almost watch yourself eat or know that you're watching, that you're on the screen, but you express some very just transparent body language to that too, which showed that I was just like, I'm eating this. I'm not feeling okay. It's hard to eat, but I'm doing it anyway. I think see people can see that and they're like, oh, fuck, that's sick that she goes through something like this. I don't feel so alone. That's why we do what we do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do it. But the reality is after eating that meal and filming that video, that was just kind of like the start for me to get back on track with actually feeding my body. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm in periods of like deep anxiety, um, I'm just not eating. And I know I, I have to eat. I know I, I want to eat, but I just can't bring myself to do it sometimes. And it has nothing to do with like, body image or anything. It's literally just anxiety taking over. And I, I can't bring myself to put in any effort to even order food. Um, but that one meal just helped me get on back, get back on track. And I slowly started to feel like my strength was coming back, both physical and mental strength. Um, because that gave me a reason to just keep eating and keep going, um, and keep feeding my body the things that it needed to be fed. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, it's so crazy how much I, everything that you say, it's like, it's so relatable. It's ridiculous. I, anxiety in general can get so overwhelming that, you know, simple tasks like eating is like, next level impossible it's not and it's not because of you know body image it's just everything because of anxiety and what's going on upstairs in the melon like I don't think people talk about that as Mm -hmm. much as I think that they should because a lot of the times we're talking about the other side of it like the body side of it and I've met people who you know like they're very body conscious enough that like eating and they're questioning it and I do too for sure that's that's like the other 40 percent but like the rest of the 60% there is it's all internal of just either overanalyzing a simple choice or thinking about other things that have nothing to do with just sitting down and eating and giving my body what it needs. It's just, I, I guess the bottom line here is that it's nice to see people taking this platform seriously, you know, taking that responsibility, like with great response or with great, 
that Spider-Man quote I can't think of at the moment. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but it's, <laughs> I can't even think of the quote either. <laughs> that 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 encompassing, you know, a responsibility that hey, now that I am a face that more than just my family and my friends know, like it's there's there's more to my existence for right now, which is really scary but also wonderful. It's like nice to know that there's people out there that are just like, hey, I want to give good shit. I want to give you good shit. Not good shit as in quality. It is quality good shit, but also like some good for the soul shit. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I care about what I put out to my followers and my audience because I don't want to put out any type of content that isolates people or make pe- makes people feel bad or even gives people the wrong impression of who I am. Um, so I definitely feel that as a content creator, there is a responsibility to represent yourself in a truthful way um, and to provide a space that makes your audience feel safe. Um, and there are so many different types of influencers out there who are doing very different things on the internet. And it's and not to like toot my own horn or anything, but like <laughs> it, it's not something that you see often. But I think people who started on TikTok, I've just noticed that there's such a difference between someone who kind of grew into influencer fame on TikTok versus someone who started on Instagram. Yeah. Like TikTok, because it's a video platform, it just allows you to be a little more real and a little more relatable. Um, So all of my TikTok creator friends out there, if you're listening, I see you and you're fucking killing it by being a real ass bitch. So (laughs) (laughs) that's I dig it. Right. They're there. They're there. They're definitely there. And I, and it's, you can tell it's, you don't have to know too much of a person either. Like that I've have, I've, what I've seen and just scrolling, like every now and then I come across somebody and I'm like, shit, something about you. I don't know what it is, but you're good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Um, It's also nice to, you know, that you incorporate your love for hiking and nature into you know, this last, you know, where I'm kind of like, if you, if you can see, I'm going around that circle that you've created, you know, your, your kind of persona, if you will, um, that I think with, especially with the pandemic and everything that actually, I think in my, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that did help with the, you know, increasing amount of followers too, because everyone's looking for getting outside. You know, we're trying to marry our interests together because we're just realizing that life fucking sucks sometimes. So we need to turn inward and we need to do things that make us truly happy and truly, you know, grateful to be here. Yeah. I'm a jack of all trades, I guess. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hiking, I I could talk about this for another hour, but um, I really started getting into hiking when I was also in a very depressed episode after a breakup a few years ago and being able to accomplish something so big as like hiking up a big ass mountain that is notoriously difficult to hike. um, That gave me a sense of accomplishment and a sense of purpose again. And it just made me feel good. And it helped me climb out of the rut that I was in. And I still go on a lot of hikes as like, I go alone all the time, just as a way to clear my mind and be one with myself and with nature. Um, 
And it's so liberating and rejuvenating. And I always come back from a big hike like that, whether I'm by myself or with friends, just feeling so much better than when I started. Um, but even my hiking journey, like maybe this is for another podcast that I could talk about for another hour and a half. Like there are a lot of trials and uh, mistakes that I made when I was first learning how to hike. I got lost a lot. I bought the wrong shoes, the wrong equipment, et cetera. Like there's just, there's a lot that you can, that you need to do uh, and learn about whenever you're trying any new physical activity, start slow and then work your way up as you gain more experience yeah. and, and take that advice and apply it to anything in life. Always start small and yeah. then work your way up. Yeah. If you were to drop them tips in some kind of similar fashion of that cookbook, bitch. Because <laughs> <Huh. laughs> this is some valuable information. Because I mean, me for me, including like I, I, I have to say seeing that one um, TikTok of you, you know, showing that raw emotion of how you felt when you conquered that, that mountain for yourself, that I think I, I connected with, cause I was like, that, sh- that, that's a beautiful moment that I, not many people have experienced. And I want to experience that. I want to, I want to do things that scare me, but also thrill me at the same time. So um, seeing you do that was like, look, it made me, it gave me the motivation actually to go hiking by myself for the first time. I've always always been afraid to like do that by myself for some reason. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of research that you need to do sometimes when you're embarking on a a trail that you may not be familiar with, especially if you're going alone. But once you're prepared and mentally feel comfortable and ready to do it, then hiking alone is one of my favorite activities. Just spending eight hours in a mountain by myself. It's just, it's really fun. It has been so incredibly awesome just sitting down and and hanging out with you and and talking about you and dope kitchen and just your fucking feng shui it is an honor thank you for giving me this opportunity of course thank you for having me i love being on podcasts (laughs) isn't it fun it's not that hard i feel like i should start my own dude (laughs) i've been thinking about it do it it is gonna fucking do it I started this podcast mainly because I was like, I just like to talk about things. I like processing things. Usually like a lot of people are like, all right, Vanessa. I'm like, no, I want to process that hoe. And that's why I kind of, <laughs> that's why I made it. And for a while I just made episodes for me. I mean, and then it, slowly but surely a couple people found me through chance and, you know, and that's how it should be played. That's how the the game should be played here. Um, so fuck. all right thank you so much everybody this was nicole beautiful dope kitchen founder content creator tiktok queen (laughs) um (laughs) yes um yeah sweet thank you so much for being here and um i guess we're done i guess i can stop the recording yeah yeah (laughs) thanks Well, there you have it, amigos. That was the full-on interview with Nicole from Dope Kitchen. If you want to know more and if you want to follow that food journey that she is on, follow her Instagram and her TikTok. It's dope underscore kitchen. Her content is awesome, hilarious, and also delicious. She has also put out a new cookbook full of all the TikTok and Instagram 
recipes that she has shared with us as well as some new ones. Um, and if you're interested, maybe even some macro and micronutrient information too there for you. So um, besides the cookbook, she also has some wonderful merch out that is awesome and beautifully designed by a friend of mine. So please go check her out and um, thank you for being here. Thank you for existing. Nicole, thank you for being on my show. Everybody have a great week and I will see you next week. Goodbye.